great. Good to be here, and uh, thanks for having us, um, and greetings to everyone all over the world. Um, we're going to be talking about overcoming obstacles in church planting. Um, if I were to mention the number of obstacles that there are, uh, we'd be here all night um, just on this. So just we just need to understand where they are coming from in order to deal with them, because they they are numerous, and there are many, many ways to deal with them. First of all, an obstacle is anything that obstructs or hinders your progress. That's what an obstacle is. And uh, anything that obstructs or hinders your progress, something that pulls you back, pulls you down. And uh, we we best placed to deal with obstacles when we can identify where they come from. And I think that there are actually only five places they can come from. Uh, the first one is yourself. Uh, you can create an obstacle. We'll get into these. Other people, we know this. Other people create obstacles for us. God could be an obstacle holding you back. We'll get into that in a minute. The devil, we are an obvious one. He doesn't want you to succeed. And so that could be an, uh, he could present obstacles. And then circumstances that are out of our control. That uh, can become an obstacle. And so let's d dig in, shall we? The first one, yourself. Yourself. As a church planter, you're going to make mistakes. Uh, you're not going to get it right all the time. You're going to make mistakes. And some of the biggest lessons that we can learn as church planters are learned through our mistakes. Through the times when we've got it wrong, that's when we learn. And so it's one thing making a mistake. It's another thing making the same mistake on and on over and over again. And so to make a mistake is not a sin. It's not the unpardonable sin. And many people go into a church plant kind of with their eyes uh, wide, like very excited, and they're going to take the nations, and they're getting out there. And it's good to have that attitude. You don't want to go there all pessimistic. But, it is, but it, sometimes we've got to be brought down to ground uh, that that this is a hard thing. It's not an easy thing that we're doing. And so sometimes previous success, if you were in business before and you aced it and you were at the top of your game and you feel a call to go and plant a church, you go, how hard can this be? <laughs> and you ask, and you get into that and you ask yourself that question, well, how hard can this be? I've succeeded in business. That can sometimes be your biggest obstacle is your past success. Romans chapter 12 Verse 3 says this, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Think of yourself with sober judgment. Have a sober, sane appraisal of your gifts and abilities of your resources and of what God has called you to. Don't think that you are Superman and bulletproof because you're going to come second. <laughs> Have a sane appraisal of yourself. So how do we overcome the uh, issue of, well, the obstacles that we create for ourselves? Well, number one, I think just get over yourself. I think that's the first one. Stop taking yourself so seriously. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to get it wrong. Don't think that you are and have to be the answer to everybody's questions and everybody's problems. 
You need to get over yourself. And if you mess up, you can say sorry and move on. Uh, be humble. And so just accept the fact that you are human and that you, as much as you believe that you are God's gift to the community that you're planting in, and that's true, I believe that, that gift comes in a, a jar of clay that is imperfect. So get over yourself. Give you, stop taking yourself so seriously. Deal ruthlessly, number two, with sin. Sort your stuff out. Deal with the sin in your own life ruthlessly, friends, because it'll become your Achilles heel and it'll bring you down. It'll become an obstacle. If you haven't dealt with the sin in your life, then it'll, it'll be an obstruction for you going forward. And friends, all of us have got issues that we got to deal with on a daily basis. None of us stand here perfect. We got to work at what we've got to work at. Each of us have a, a battle to fight individually, and we've got to win that one. So deal ruthlessly with your own sin. Number Next one, be content. Be happy in yourself. Embrace the journey. So be content with where you are. You know, it's like, it's like having a little baby. If you're a young parent, you would identify. Having a little baby, you go through the joys of having this child, and then you go through the difficulties. Waking up in the middle of the night, the changing of diapers or nappies. You've got all of the, the when you give the baby to your favorite aunt or, or the baby's grandparent and it vomits sour milk all over their collar. Those are the things you've got to put up with when you have a little baby. Same thing with a church plant. All sorts of things that can go wrong. But be content. And we say this to, to young parents. Just embrace the stage that you're in. Be happy in the stage you're in. In a church plant, you've got to be happy with the stage that you're in. Embrace it. Be content. Because a happy pastor is a gift to his congregation. If you are happy in yourself and you are content in yourself, happy serving the Lord, that's a gift to your congregation. If you grumbly and unhappy all the time, we've got problems. And then secondly, or thirdly, or fourthly, or whatever it is, be discontented. So be content on one side, but also be discontented. Work hard. Go for what God has promised. Trust Him for the results. Don't accept the status quo. Push in for more. But don't let that discontentedness come out and uh, let everybody see your struggles in that regard. Be content in yourself, but know that you're contending for something as well. And then take care of your inner world, your devotion to the Lord, your stress levels. Your, uh, make sure you have rest your relationships, all of these things you've got to take care of. Only you can make the choices that only you can make. That is, for me, a profound statement because there's certain things that only I can do. And so yourself, you could become the biggest obstacle in your journey as a church planter. Secondly, other people. Sheep do have teeth. We know this. <laughs> Sheep can bite you. Proverbs 15, verse 1 uh, to 2 and verse 4 says this, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Friends, you've got to trust the people that are around you, but don't be naive. You trust people because that's the currency that we build with. It's trust, respect, love, 
all of these things. But we can't be naive because the devil would love to sidetrack this thing and derail it. And so God brings people. And sometimes it just happens when you start a church in a, in a town, um, there's all those people that have been to every other church in the, in the city and they don't fit anywhere. They come to you. <laughs> and you've got to build with them. And I think God does that on purpose. Because he wants to see, okay, how are you going to do this? Richie, what are you going to do now? Now I've brought you Granny Cuckoo, who has, has she's gone everywhere else, and now you got to, you got, how are you going to do this? Are you going to throw your heart in there? Or are you going to hold it at a distance? So God sends all sorts of people along our paths. But people... We've got to trust, but we've also got not got to be naive. You've got to ask yourself two questions if you get criticized. Does this person love me? If the answer to a criticism, when you, somebody criticizes you, you ask yourself a question, does this person love me? If the answer is no, then you let it go. If the answer is yes, then you ask the second question, is this going to grow me as a leader? Then you take that criticism on board, make the adjustments move forward, and stay friends. Critically important. The gift of diplomacy as a church planter is underrated. You've got to learn how to, how to, how to work with people and to, to deal with people well. How to overcome when other people uh, create obstacles for us. Be courageous. Deal with what needs to be dealt with in a firm but loving manner. Don't let stuff that needs to be dealt with not be dealt with. You've got to deal with stuff. You've got to be courageous as a leader. You can't just let it all happen. But be humble at the same time. Nobody likes an arrogant know-it-all. Nobody likes a person. You, you ever been to a, a social function or a party or whatever it is, and you're chatting to somebody, and that person's been everywhere, done everything, seen it all. There's nothing you can tell them. You don't, you don't want to be that guy. Because nobody's going to gather around you. Nobody's going to go with you on this journey of planting a church if you know everything. And you don't have to know everything. You don't have to be the font of all knowledge theologically as a church planter. Just take people along a journey with you. And don't let them derail you. Be loving. Let others know that you love them. Let others know that you love them, especially the difficult ones. Sometimes we butt heads because <laughs> God calls leaders to be leaders. And when you're a leader, you're going to butt heads with somebody who sees things differently. It's normal human nature. It's part of church life. But we've got to be loving. Take them with you. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's important. So be loving. And then be a principled peacemaker. And principle is important there because we're not just peacemakers just flopping around, accepting everything. Be a principled peacemaker so that you know what you believe and you stand on those principles, those biblical principles, but you may be a peacemaker at the same time. Preserve peace and unity, but don't compromise with sin. Friends, we cannot be as church leaders, as church planters, fighting every single fight all the time. There are times when we've actually got to say, this fight is for another day. But there are times when we've got to deal with stuff now. And so, friends, don't be 
a, a, a person who engages in fighting and arguing with people all the time. It's unhelpful. And you won't gather anybody or become an obstacle for you. And you'll actually create that obstacle yourself because of how you deal with people. Be a team person. Trust the team around you. We don't believe in lone rangers. And we somehow have this, this thing that dictatorial leadership is synonymous with strength. Friends, I think it takes a lot more strength and courage to take a group of people with you who think differently to you. I think there's, there's a strength there that is underrated and, and not really mentioned. We've got, to, we've got to learn the skills of taking people of divergent backgrounds and, 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 and ideas about where we're going. And if they're on your team and God's put them there, then we've got to take all of that stuff on board. And it takes a skilled person to lead a team who think differently to, they, to the way they do. And I think that is the health and the strength of a church plant is, is when you have people that see things differently to you but are, are submitted and able to go in that direction. Treat people well and it will come back to bless you. Treat people badly and it will come back to bite you. But treat people well and it will come back to bless you. Then thirdly, God. Sometimes God is opposing you. If God... Before us, who can be against us? We, we quote that. But if God be against us, <laughs> then we're in trouble. And sometimes God is against us because of our own silliness and our own stupidity. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 to 6 says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Keep in mind that this work belongs to him. This work that you're involved in, this church plant belongs to him. And he gets the glory, friends. A church plant can never be a, a platform for you to be the hero. For you to get some airtime that you never had. For you to be, make a name for yourself. To get profile. That's not why we plant churches. We do this because God calls. And when God calls, He gets the glory, friends. Because He uses imperfect vessels. He uses us who know nothing. To, and He puts us out there and we learn along the way. We're not professionals. We're just ordinary people. Available. And God equips. And so, friends... Sometimes God can be in the way because he's trying to teach you something. If you've got an attitude that is wrong, if you are thinking that it's all about you, God will stand in the way and he will become the obstacle in your path. Ask him what he wants for your church plant. Ask him. Go and seek him because that's, what he wants is what matters, not what you want, what he wants. How do we overcome when God is standing in the way, and God is becoming the obstacle. Well, first of all, we repent. Say, sorry, Lord, for making this about me. And friends, we are all human. All of us have an ego, and some bigger than others. But when you lead from the front, and you're up front, and you're preaching, and you're teaching, and you and you, you're feeding God's people, and you're leading, and you see some success happening, and, and it's going well, it can affect you, and you can become a little arrogant, a little, little bit. You know, I always watch, uh, we, in South Africa, we have these dogs called 
a, a Jack Russell. It's a little terrier. It's like the smallest, one of the smallest terriers. And, um, but he always picks the fight with the biggest dog. <laughs> and um, I watch these dogs. And when their tail is standing up like this, he's heading for a fall. Because some bigger dog's going to growl at him and he's going to run away with that tail tucked in between his legs. Friends, make sure your tail's not too high up. Because we've got to trust on, in God. We've got to keep relying on Him. We can't have the, our tail standing up. I've seen guys, young men, who think that they've got it all because they can sling a few songs off a guitar, get people going. Then they, they get a bit arrogant, tail goes up, and a fall happens. Let's not have our tails up too high. Um, we need to repent and ask God to forgive us for making it all about us. And then surrender. Get with His agenda and leave yours outside. Get with God's agenda. Leave your agenda outside. Surrender yourself to Him. Inquire of Him. Ask God what He wants you to be doing and how He wants you to be doing it. Because each community is different. You can go to one town and there, there are certain uh, strategies that work in reaching uh, people for the Lord. You've got another place that's completely different. So ask God. Ask Him for His strategy. Inquire of Him. And then yield to Him. Do it His way. We've got to do it His way. He's the one who we're relying on to bless this work. And in actual fact, if you think about it, God wants this to work more than you do. <laughs> when, when I realized that, it changed the game for me, that God actually wants this more than I do. And if I'll just do it His way, we're going to win it. We do it my way, because I want to look good, and I want to get some credit for, for this, then we're going to fall. It's better to go with God than to go against him. It's better to go with him than to go against him. And then the devil, of course, he's going to try to hinder your progress. That's, of course he is, because we're here behind enemy lines doing something that is difficult, and we are swimming up against the trend. We are against the current. And so don't expect a red carpet to be rolled out for you. It's not going to happen. If you're doing it right, there will be opposition but you're going to make it. If you're doing it right, if you're doing it wrong, if you're not getting any opposition, and you just, then you might need to have a look at some of your strategy because you will have opposition. And, and if it comes from the devil, the problem is that we don't need to be looking for demons under every bush because that's not how, how we, we, we deal with this. If you're doing it right, there will be opposition. In the end, we win. But don't be obsessed with this. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 13 says, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your head, your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which uh, you, will, you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Friends, it's going to take some faith. You're going to need to put that shield up. We're going to need to have a bit of warfare going on. But let's not be obsessed with spiritual warfare and 
That's not the mission. The mission is to get people saved, is to establish a church where people can be discipled, where nations can be discipled. And you can send people out of there to the different parts of the world, wherever God calls you. That's the mission. The mission is not to beat the devil up. That's already happened. We just got to enforce that victory where we stand. How to overcome when the enemy is uh, putting obstacles in your way. Pray and sometimes fast. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to be fasting 24-7 because you're going to fall over and you'll be no use to anybody. Pray a lot and fast sometimes because you do need food. Contend for sure, but don't obsess. We contend for every inch of ground that we take, but we don't obsess with what the devil's doing. It's not, let, don't worry about that. Stand firm in faith with a full armor of God in place. Keep praising him. Keep praising God. The victory is the Lord's. You remember that Jehoshaphat picture? All the praise singers out in the front, the worshipers out in the front, and the enemies turn on themselves. The battle is the Lord's. Let's not make it ours, but let's keep, keep worshiping Him, keep praising Him, keep standing in faith. And then, I think on a practical level, we've got to celebrate the victories. Celebrate the victories, no matter how small they are. Celebrate the victories. Create a culture of celebrating, because it's important. And when we take some ground, we celebrate it, we talk about it, put it on Facebook, put it everywhere. It's better than me having a look at your supper on Facebook. Let's not worry about that or wherever it goes. Whence you've got to understand this. God and the devil are not equal opposites. God and the devil are not equal opposites. We are on the winning side. God wins. And then lastly, there are circumstances that things that just happen out of our, beyond our control. We have no, COVID-19. What a classic example, a circumstance that has happened. We find ourselves in this thing. Sometimes stuff just happens. We've got to be resilient and adaptable. And I think that this event is such an amazing uh, picture of that. It's such an amazing illustration of being adaptable and flexible. So, yeah, we have COVID-19. We can't fly anywhere in the world. We, we all kind of like behind masks and in, in social distancing and all of this. But it doesn't mean we can't carry on. We just adapt. We just make a plan. Work it. These are opportunities for innovation, not introspection. When stuff happens, friends, it's not always your fault. And you don't want to be looking for somebody to blame. Because that's when we lose track of the main mission that we're on. We're not looking for somebody to blame. This COVID-19 is not because somebody sinned in your church, that there's sin in the ranks, and now you've got to purge it. We got, it's nothing wrong in your life. You haven't sinned. It just happens. Sometimes stuff happens. Sometimes buildings get shut down. Sometimes rentals stop. Sometimes whatever obstacle you make, sometimes stuff just happens out of your control. And we can't be looking for somebody to blame or saying, oh, Lord, have I done something wrong? God doesn't judge us like that. Jesus took the, the punishment for our sin. We don't get judged uh, by having circumstances happen. So Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2 to 3 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burnt. The flames will not set you ablaze. 
For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. God is on your side, friends. In whatever circumstance you face, whatever you're going through, He's with you. How do we overcome when some circumstances are in our way? Well, first of all, we need to understand the season that we're in. We may be in a season. It's just a season. There are seasons in the life of a church, and it happens. Sometimes you just have this season of chagrin, we call it sometimes, where it's just everybody's just griping about everything. And you go like, can I not do anything right? <laughs> you're always in trouble. Um, sometimes you've got to hang tough. Sometimes you just got to batten down the hatches and ride out the storm. Sometimes you've got to do that. Sometimes you've got to work on your hustle. I call it working. I call it a hustle, the art of making it up as you go along. Sometimes in a circumstance when you didn't know how, you, there was no textbook for this thing, you just got to work on your hustle. You, gotta just, you just got to make a plan. Get through it. Think on your feet. Sometimes you've got to make it up as you go along and act as if, hey, you, this, you knew this all along. It's all good. <laughs> it's all fine. No, all good. Meantime, at home, you're peddling. Friends, I think most importantly, we've got to keep having fun, even when we're in a difficult situation. Keep having fun, friends. Even though it's not fun, just make it fun. You've got to keep having fun. You can't worry about stuff that you can't control. You can't worry about stuff you can't control. 